Hallelujah. Do you know, just for one minute, can we lift up our hands to heaven all across this place? I sense the spirit of the living God here today. Feel the Holy Ghost, you know. Can I tell you, the Bible says, as I was standing there, the Bible tells us, in the book of Psalms, that there is a river. The streams whereof make glad the city of God. Can I, can I just say that we sometimes camp on the word river in that scripture, and that's what it's all about, but there's a word that stands out to me is almost equally important. And that's the word is. Because it doesn't say there was a river. It doesn't say there has been a river, past tense. It says right now, there is a touch for you. For every hungry heart. There's a lot of people that are going to go to church in America today. We've already done with church in Australia. It happened 14 hours ago. But do you know, There's a lot of people that went to church to hear about a Jesus that was. To hear about a God who was. But I thank God we're in a house today that believes in the Jesus that is right now. It's the same yesterday, today and forever. And I don't know about you, but I thank God that we're Pentecostals. You know, I thank God. We got the Holy Ghost, you know. Is anyone glad they're in the house of God today? Can we give Jesus a shout of praise right now? Come on, let's make a joyful noise unto God. No matter what you face today, no matter what you're dealing with, every person's problem is different to the person next to them. But the answer is still the same. And His name's Jesus. Some good's going to happen. And I thank God that you're letting an Australian loose in the service today. Don't be surprised if a kangaroo just hops across the front. It could happen. And it's an honor to be here. But why don't you why don't you be seated in the presence of the Lord? And if you have your Bibles this morning, I want to, I want to speak for a few minutes out of the book of Genesis, chapter 37. I felt very strongly led by the Spirit of God to preach along these lines this morning. Because I believe God wants to speak to us. This is really a message. And, and I, you know, I don't consider myself an apostle. Everyone calls themselves that. I think when you're an apostle, you've got, got to have done some apostolic things. And, and uh, so I'm just, a, I'm just a pastor from Adelaide. And uh, pastor is Australian for pastor. And, uh, and, and basically, but, but I feel like I've got a word for the church in general. And, uh, and, and, and I don't believe we ought to look back, but... There are some great things that have happened in the body of Christ over a long time that we shouldn't lose. We shouldn't lose our Pentecostal heritage. We shouldn't lose the move of God because it's just too precious. It's, it's too beautiful. And I want to preach a message that the Lord gave me about a couple of years back. And I haven't preached it that many times. But I felt led to go back there today and, and, uh, and share with you. But I feel like God wants to do something. But I want to have a look at Genesis 37. And uh, it says this. It says, Now Jacob dwelt in the land, verse 1, where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah. And his father's wives and Joseph brought a bad report to them, his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age. Somebody say old age. 
Other translations in your lap might say he was the son of his last days. Also, because he made him a tunic or a coat of many colours. But when his brothers saw that their father had loved him more than all of his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now, Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they, and they hated him even more. If I'm going to get hated for something, let me, let me be hated for believing that God's got something greater than what we see in this natural realm. Let me, let me be hated for believing that God's a big God and is super. Let me be hated for believing that America's going to have a revival. Let me, let me be hated for believing that God wants to move with an end time move of God that's going to shake this planet from Australia to Iran, from Iran to Africa, from Africa to England. I don't know about you. People prophesy doom and gloom, but I believe that there's a move of God coming that's going to shake this nation. People are all worried about the government. I, I, I need to remind you that the government's upon his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful and Mighty God and Prince of Peace for he is the greatness of... Anyway, anyway, anyway. So they said to him, so he said to him, please hear the dream that I dreamed. Anyway, let's jump over to verse 19. They said to one another, look, this dreamer is coming. Let's kill him. Let's throw him into the pit. And say some wild dingo devoured him. That's what it says in the original language. Maybe, maybe. We shall see what becomes of his dreams. Then they said, look, this dreamer is coming. It's amazing. Reuben said, shed no blood, but cast him into the pit, into this wilderness. Verse 23, I know I'm, I'm skimming, but I've got a lot to say to you this morning. Verse 23, so it came to pass. They had come to his brothers. They stripped Joseph of his tunic, a tunic of many colors that was on him. The Old Testament is a, is a book of types and shadows. The types don't necessarily, like, like you, you'll see the Holy Spirit as a type. doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit was actually a dove floating out, flying out of Noah's Ark. But it is a picture of the Holy Spirit. If I'm to get my hand maybe uh, against this backdrop here, you can see the outline of my hand. You can't see the little hairs on my knuckles or my cuticles or my fingerprint, but you can see that there is a picture there. That, that, that is, that's, there's a shadow. There's a picture. The Old Testament is a shadow of that which is to come. It's a prophetic book. Some people say you, can, you, you should only stay in the New Testament. That, that, that's, like, that's like saying, I only want to eat apples, but I want to disregard the apple tree. You might, you, you need both. One fulfills the other. And, and, uh, and in the Old Testament, there's pictures of, of a new Testament picture and, and Joseph was given a coat and it was a coat of many colours and, and, and this coat was not just a, a picture of, of, of favour that some people say, this coat was a picture of something else, it was a prophetic picture of a coat that our Father wants to clothe us in in the last days, the Bible says he gave him a coat and it was the coat for, for he loved him for he was the son of his last days, of his old age. My friends, we are the sons and daughters in the last days. We, are, we, are, we may be the generation that sees the trumpet God sound, man. We, we may just be the generation where we hear the voice and we hear the shout and we hear the trumpet. The Bible says the dead in Christ shall rise. We who are alive and rainbow will be caught up to up. I believe in the rapture. I don't, I don't know about you. I believe it's some people are all upset about the rapture. Oh no, it's a day of doom. It's going to be the best church service we ever had because Grandma Mildred, she's coming up. Ain't no grave going to hold my body down, Brother Rob. Ain't no grave. 
Man, when you started singing that, my right leg started shaking. I'm too excited to preach. I just, I just feel like any minute, you know, you know, there's a rapture button in heaven. There's a rapture button in heaven. One day the angels were cleaning the button and the angel got curious. And he looks around and he thinks, what if I just... Enoch goes, he's gone. The next minute he's playing with the, playing with the button. Elijah's gone. Playing with the button again. Jesus is gone. I mean, he's... You ever get the feeling you're in church, you just start to feel like maybe someone's playing with that button just a little bit? This coat. It's a coat of many colours. And it's a picture of a coat that he wants to give you in this last day. I want you to turn with me to the book of Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke. I feel the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost on fire and He's keeping me alive. I'm glad that Jesus isn't dead. I'm glad we got the Holy Ghost. I'm glad we're spirit filled, my friend. Luke chapter 24. Let's have a look, look at Luke. Now, you've you got to understand. Let me, let me say this. They quote people's words on their deathbed. I mean, when someone's on their deathbed, their last words are important. Voltaire, who cast France into atheism. In his house, he said, a hundred years from now, there will never be another Bible in France. Anyway, as he was dying, his last words were words of terror as he said, I see the Nazarene, I see the Nazarene. And the house that he made that statement about atheism is now a printing press for Bibles in the country of France. And it said, but the last words are important, Pastor Jabin. Luke 24, 49. These are the last words of Jesus before he ascended. Jesus was funny. Jesus had a way of messing with people. He says, lo, I'll be with you always. And he ascends to heaven. Luke 24, 49, he says this, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Endued. Somebody say endued. Endued. It means clothed with power. Clothed with power. He says, I want to put a coat on you of power. I want to put a coat of the Spirit of God on you. He says, I want to give you a coat. And it's a coat, it's a supernatural coat because you are the sons and daughters of of my last days, I want to put a coat on you. If we go over Acts chapter one, verse eight, do you mind if I just set this up? I'm preaching old school, old school AG, old school church of God, old school Pentecostal theology. But I want, I want, I want to show this because we all need to know this. Acts one and eight. Verse four, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them, do not depart from Jerusalem. It's Luke's account. He's saying this from a different perspective, but he's sharing the same story. And he said, wait for the promise of the Father, which you have heard from me for John truly baptized in water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, when will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has set in his own authority. In other words, he said, stop worrying about all this other stuff. Just worry about this. He said, but you shall receive Power. When the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. He says you shall receive power. I thank God that there is 
power in the Holy Ghost. I thank God for the move of the Spirit of God. He says, go and wait in Jerusalem till you're clothed with power. I'm gonna put a coat on you. I'm gonna empower you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put power on the church. The church is gonna carry the power of God. The church carried the power of God in the book of Acts. I mean, now moving in signs and wonders. Stephen was a deacon. He was laying hands on people. Miracles were happening. That was the normal. And I don't believe that Jesus is coming back for a church less powerful than the one that he left. I believe the one he's coming back for is going to be alive with the fire of the Holy Ghost. He says, go and wait in Jerusalem. I mean, John talked about it in Matthew 3.11. He says, he basically says this. He says, I baptize you in water for the remission of sin. But there's one coming who's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. You know what he was saying? He's saying, hey, I'm John. I'm a Baptist. But there's a Pentecostal coming. And he'll fill you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Man, that's good news. That, my friends, is better than a poke in the eye with a wet stick on a hot Tuesday afternoon. I'm telling you, this is the greatest thing. The greatest thing that ever happened to the church other than the cross itself is the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Man, I'm preaching myself happy and I was already happy. Now I'm just a bit mental. You shall be witnesses. Then, he, then, then, then we jump over. He says, go and wait in Jerusalem. Chapter two of the book of Acts. Verse one says this, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, I know it off by heart anyway. They're all with one accord in one place and suddenly, somebody say suddenly. Somebody say suddenly. He says, suddenly there came a sound from heaven. I love the suddenlies of God. I like how God doesn't need to wait for it. He just comes in. There's Paul and Silas in prison. They're chained to prisoners and they're, and they're about to die for casting the devil out of some girl. And as they're in prison, instead of complaining, instead of getting bitter, instead of writing a dirty letter to the leaders of the church, they began to praise God and they're worshipping God. The Bible says it was at midnight, they were praising God. And then the Bible says, suddenly there was an earthquake. And guess, get this, the chains didn't just fall, there, fall off them. The chains fell off every other prisoner in the cell. That's why you cannot be stingy with your praise because when you walk in the house of God my friend you need to know what it is to praise God well I don't feel like praising God but just maybe your neighbour the person you don't even know is chained to darkness chained to brokenness in sickness disease they need your praise man they people get people get so self-centred don't they well I'm angry at God Man, that's a good place to praise right there. Anyway, anyway, he, he, I love the suddenlies of God. He says, suddenly, suddenly, today, it's going to be a suddenly of God. God's going to burst into your impossibility. and bring. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared under them cloven tongues like as a fire. One sat upon each of them and they were all filled. Not one in nine. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. Can I, can I, I was not there, Pastor Richard. It was 2,000 years ago. I wasn't there. I would have liked to have been. If I could get the DeLorean from Back to the Future, complete with a flux capacitor. If I could go to any two moments, I'd go to Calvary and watch him say, it is finished. And then I'd go to Pentecost and see where it all begins again. But do you know something, Pastor Javen, I've got to tell you something. I don't know what it was like. But all I know is Jesus 
his last words were go wait in Jerusalem. If Jesus says something, he doesn't say things unintentionally. It's important. He says, go and wait. So they go and wait in Jerusalem. <laughs> How do you wait? I think it's a lot like Forrest Gump. Sitting on the park bench, just waiting. Just waiting. They're waiting. That's a long prayer meeting. They're waiting. Fire of God hits that room. Let me tell you, before I tell you what happens in that room, I want you to turn with me one more passage. Is that okay? Do you mind if I sit? You're sitting. I'm going to sit. I want you to turn to the first book of the Bible, not Genesis. And I'm not joking. The book of contents. Table of contents. Turn with me to the table of contents. Have a look where it says New Testament. I want to show you something. Just, 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 just for people that say I'm a word person. I'm not a, I'm not a Holy Ghost person. I don't, you know, I'm more, into, I, get, I get touched with the word, not really through the baptism of the Spirit. Well, if we look at all the, uh, all the books here, you see the book of Matthew, written by Matthew. He was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. Let me remind you what the Bible says. They were all filled and began to speak in tongues, Matthew. Then you've got Mark. Now, we don't know for a fact that Mark was in the upper room, but what we do know, theologians say the upper room was actually John Mark's house. It was his, it was his, his mother's house. And so they, they say he was there. So he would have been home. If, if, if Jesus said, go and wait, Mark would have been there. But, but even if he wasn't, he journeyed with Paul and Barnabas. And, and so he, he, Paul was moving in the fire of God. He was there in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. You, you could say with fairly sure confidence, but we know he's baptized in the Holy Ghost. He's the one that writes in Mark 16, these signs will follow them that believe. In my name you'll cast out devils. In my name you'll speak in other tongues. So Mark was there, Luke. Well, he wrote the book of Luke. He wrote the book of Acts. He was there in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. He saw it, John was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, got hit by the power of God. Luke wrote the book of Acts we talked about. It. Now, Paul writes Romans all through Hebrews, pretty much. People assume it's Hebrews. I believe it's Hebrews. Now, Paul was not in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. He wrote two-thirds of the whole thing. But do you know the amazing thing that we know is that Paul was on the road to Damascus and a light shone from heaven and knocked him on the ground. He gets slain in the spirit. But do you know what's funny? He met Jesus. And people say, well, I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost when I got saved. Maybe you had two experiences at one time, but the baptism of the Spirit is the second experience. Paul, he gets slain in the Spirit, hit by the power of God. But the Bible says it wasn't until Ananias laid his hands on him that he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. But then Paul was a Pentecostal, man. He was the one that said, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. He was a Pentecostal. He believed in the power of the Holy Ghost. And let's, let's go on. James wrote the book of James, half-brother of Jesus. He was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. First and second Peter, written by Peter. He preached at the day of Pentecost, and we'll talk about that in a minute. One, two, three, John. John was in the upper room. Jude, who wrote the book of Jude. He was the half-brother of Jesus. He wrote the book. He wrote the book. Verse 20, build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. John writes the book of Revelation. You know what I like about John? He says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. Can I tell you, that's a good way to come to church. I mean, some people, some people come to church in religion on the Lord's Day. I want to come. I want to come in the Holy Ghost on the Lord's Day. I want to come in here filled with the power of God. So the, let me say this, every New Testament writer was a Pentecostal who believed in the power of the Holy Ghost, who believed in signs and wonders and miracles. All over America, all over Australia, you're going to go to Catholic churches and you're going to see candles lit to the Virgin Mary. Can I tell you something? If the Virgin Mary was here today, she'd say, don't light a candle. I was in the upper room. I had a flame on my head. I was filled with the Holy Ghost. Man, Mary was a Pentecostal. Hope that, hope that doesn't upset anyone. I don't know what it was like in the upper room, but they were waiting. I don't know what it was like. 
But I wonder if they're sitting there having brekkie. Minding their own business. Thomas says, what was that? And Peter says, And Thomas says, what's going on, Peter? Your head's on fire, man. It's just emotionalism. You're just getting emotional. And then Matthew, your head's on fire. Thaddeus, your head's on fire. Bartholomew, your head's on fire. Andrew, your head's on fire. All your heads are on fire. Why is your head on fire? I don't know what it's like in the upper room, but I wonder if maybe Mary Magdalene was in that upper room and she walked over to Jesus and she said, man, this is the same power I felt when he cast those spirits of infirmity out of my body. I wonder if the woman with issue of blood was in the upper room and she said to Peter, hey, Peter, this is the same power I felt when I touched the hem of his garment and virtue hit my body. And I got, I wonder, I wonder, this morning if maybe blind Bartimaeus walked up and he said hey Peter and Peter says we're over here hey Peter this is the same power I felt when he said son your faith has made Woo! Man. I've been reading my Bible and the Bible tells me that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead the same spirit that was in the upper room is in this room today he's the same Holy Ghost he's the same Holy Ghost from Genesis to Revelation Shuka, just stay with me for one minute <laughs> now just be seated for, for now let me tell you so Joseph He's given a coat on the day of Pentecost. They get given a coat. Joseph would wear his coat. His brothers wanted to kill him. They hated him because he's wearing a coat. But you know what? He wore that coat out of pride. Because that was the coat that his father gave him. The Pentecostal Church of America and Australia need to put back on their coat of the Spirit of God and say, you know what? It might get me hated. There might be a few people that judge me and think I'm over the top, but I'm going to wear my coat because that's the coat my father gave me. Oh, it's a, oh my friends, oh my friends, it's a coat of many colours. Because one of the colours is healing. One of the colours is provision. One of the colours, hallelujah, is a baptism in the Holy Ghost. One of the colours is joy. One of the colours is the fire of heaven. One of the colours is brushakapata. One of the colours is come out of him in Jesus' name. One of the colours is faith. One of the colours is miracles. One of the colours is the move of God that will change. One of the colours is patience. One of the colours is kindness. One of the colours is long suffering. One of the colours is the power of the Holy Ghost that will change your life. Can I tell you something? Not everybody wants to wear their coat. (laughs) They might pull it out on Wednesday night, but not on Sunday. But man, if I'm going to walk out into the coldness of this world, I want to be clothed with the warmth of heaven. I want to be dressed for, for battle, man. I want to be dressed with the kind of power that will change your heart. And show, I wear this coat, my friend, because that's the coat my father gave me. You know, when I first started preaching, I preached at a little church in Robe in South Australia. Robe is a uh, very small town. It's one of those towns that say, hello, welcome to Robe. Goodbye, and thank you for coming. All on the same side of the sign. So I went and preached in robe to a large church, four people. And, and one guy was deaf, Pastor Richard. 
So that really makes it three. And then, and then, and then, then another lady was there. The motor was running, but no one was home. You know, she was, she, so she was catching imaginary flies up the back. And as I'm preaching, the pastor's wife loses it and just belts her husband. So I suddenly stepped into the prophetic and I said, there's someone here, your marriage is in trouble. So I went and, so I thought, this, this, this meeting's not happening. So we had a service that night, and I knew statistically we'd only get half back, so it was going to be a divided crowd. But we, I went and prayed and did a few things. We got, that night, there was 25 people. We, I cut a long story short, I went to a general store and got a massive poster and wrote, come and hear international evangelists, because I'd been to New Zealand on a holiday. So <laughs> Dave Hall and band. My band was a piano player that could only play Power in the Blood, but many different ways. It would be fast, slow, however you want it. And so I got a nail gun, put on a community signpost covering things like, lost my puppy, mittens, if you see her, pull, pull, rip off his number. So they never found puppy as a result, but puppy took one for the team, you know. Puppy died that they might have life. So we had, we, we, we got there that night, there's 25 people. And as I'm preaching, Pastor Richard, the Holy Spirit interrupted me. And so he says, pray for them for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I said, well, they haven't been saved yet and they haven't had teaching, so it's not going to work. So I just kept preaching. He said, pray. The Holy Spirit can nag better than anyone you've ever met. He goes, pray for them. And I said, so I'm saying, no, I'm preaching. Who knows what I'm saying at this point because I'm having a mental argument with the Lord. And so he said, pray for them. So I finally sort of in my head, I said, okay, God, I'll do it. But here's the deal. If it works, or if it doesn't work, you're getting all the blame. Because let me tell you about these little country towns. If they don't like you, they'll pull out a stick, they'll light the end of it and turn into an angry mob and run you out of town. I didn't want to be run out of town. So then I said, so I said you, get, you get the blame. But if it works, I'm taking some of the glory because I'm the one that's putting myself out here, you know. And That's a joke, that's a joke. So I'm preaching and I said, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, get out of your seat and come. No one got out of the seat. And I said, see, Lord, I told you. And he said, I didn't ask you to ask them. He said, I've told you to pray for them. So I said, I want everyone to come. I want to lay hands on you. So I prayed for this girl. She'd never been in church in her life. But this was one of those God moments. I put my hand on her head. The power of God hits her. She hits the deck. She didn't speak in tongues. She just, well, she was dead. And her friend goes, you've killed my friend. I said, I haven't killed your friend. Jesus killed your friend. Now, let me, let me, let me, we left town the following Sunday, the church had 15 people. And this really was the start of my ministry, whatever it is. We drive home, we're driving home. As I'm driving, I had a moment with God that transformed my life forever. And I began to talk to the Lord. Some people hear from God about everything, you know. I woke up this morning and God told me to wear a lilac. You know, no, he didn't. And... To me, it's often the crazy people that often the more dysfunctional people are the ones that hear from God all the time. I think, well, if you're hearing from God that much, you should be living in victory and blessing. <laughs> and so for me, God speaks to me. But this was one of those moments that, that I put in the special category. And so I'm, I'm, I'm driving in, in the car and I said, God, I, I want to make a deal with you. And I felt like the Lord was listening to me. And I said, promise you that everywhere I go, I'll preach on the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll preach on the baptism in the Holy Ghost. I'll preach on signs, wonders, and miracles. I said, but I kind of need you to make me a 
a promise. I felt the Lord speak to me and said, what? I said, God, I, I need you to promise me you'll turn up in every service. And you know something? I felt like when I was driving, I was driving somewhere near Meningi, and I felt like God and I had a moment where I shook his hand. He shook my hand and he said, son, you got yourself, you got yourself a deal. And man, I wanted, I've come to tell you this morning that he turns up and it's not because I'm anything special. I'm really not. I made, a, I made a promise to God that I'm going to sit, I'm going to have a one track message. But I just need you to turn up. <clears throat> so anyway, so <clears throat> I need to stop smoking. Now, <laughs> what's good is Pastor Richard and I are trying to quit together, you know. <laughs> just helps having someone to keep you accountable, you know. Anyway, that's silly. That was too far. That's too far. That's too far. That was a joke. For those that are visiting today, Pastor Richard, he hasn't smoked in months. And so you just need to, don't, you just honour the man of God. Anyway, that's silly. Sorry. Is that too far, Jamie? Yeah, that's too far. Yeah. It was nice, nice, nice to meet you, Tennessee. But anyway. Just keep it simple. The church need to get back to believing that Jesus saves, Jesus heals, He baptised in the Holy Ghost and is coming again. I feel like people overcomplicate the gospel. It's simple. But you know, so I'm talking about the Holy Spirit and He wants to change your life. But the greatest thing the Holy Spirit does is leads people to Jesus. And I need every head bowed, every person in prayer. You might be in this room today and you don't have a relationship with Christ. You're not serving God and you'd say, David, I need to get saved. I need to give my heart to Jesus. I need to be born again by the Spirit of God. Maybe you're lost. You know, today you can be found. Maybe you're spiritually blind today. You can see. You might be sitting in this place and you're away from God. Maybe you've known Christ and you've walked away. Or maybe you've never had a personal, living, vibrant relationship with Jesus. If you're in this room today, I don't know what brought you here. Well, I do. It was God. It wasn't circumstances. You might feel like giving up this morning. You may be here hungover. You might be here thinking it was a bowling alley and you got greatly disappointed. I don't know why you're here, but the thing is you're here by divine appointment and you might not know Jesus. You might not know what it is to have a relationship with God, but today you can be free. Today the chains can be broken. Today you can be born again. Today you can be set free and delivered. If you're in this room today and you'd say, David, pray for me. I want to get my heart right with God. I want to give my heart to Jesus while heads are bowed and eyes are closed and no one's leaving. If that's you and you'd say, Dave, today's my day. I need to get my heart right with Jesus. Lift up your hand where you are. I want to pray for you. Who's that person that would say, pray for me? Lift your hand high so I can see your hand. Quickly, is there any person? God bless you back there. You can put it down. Is there anyone else 